Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday, and um, we're, we're going to talk about uh, well, government policy. Uh, are they listening or are they telling? Because this, uh, this, the stuff that they're saying about roads yesterday is a bit concerning, um, and Kate's concerned about them generally. Um, and, of course, it's all about public transport. That's, that's what we want. But in England, they've got a new train line, and it's called the Elizabeth Line. They've named it after the Queen. That sounds progressive, doesn't it? We're going to finish up with uh, policing policy as well, and you know, the the Ram Raider demic. That's just continuing. But yeah, so uh, the, the the emission reduction policy. Uh, your thoughts, Kerry? And the thrust of it seems to be get people out of cars, into public transport, onto e-bikes and electrify whatever's left over. Though they didn't really talk about hydrogen in here either, and I'd have been interested to see what their plans were for that. I'd also be interested to hear how the electric trucks are going. And there's been trials of those doing the heavy lifting in some of the big industries. Mixed reports very early on, that was last year, so I'd be really interested to hear how they're going. Whether you think... It wasn't bold enough. It was just a plan about a plan. Whether you think it's unrealistic, like it or not, it's going to happen. You know, there, there will be measures introduced to reduce this country's emissions, and National signed up for it. Everybody's on board with it. It's just how we get there. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that she brought up e-bikes there. Um, I'm supposed to be, somebody's supposed to be sending me an e-bike to review for... Uh, the News Talk ZB website uh, this week. Um, and I am, I've got an open mind about it. I mean, I've ridden an e-bike before, but I haven't had like a really long go of one. So this is going to be a really long go of one, hopefully. And if I can possibly go to work on it, I'm going to give it a go. I just don't know if I can possibly go to work on it. Given that I live in Silverdale, which is quite a long way away from here. But let's see. Maybe, maybe it is the way of the future. Um, I think if I have an e-bike, I'm still going to need a road, though. But are the government not going to make roads anymore? Is that how they're going to get us out of our cars? If, if Transmission Gully hadn't been built, people driving in and out of Wellington would be still crowding onto that old one-lane each-way State Highway 1 leading up the Kapiti Coast. That killed too many people because it was a terrible road. That's why we built Transmission Gully. Now, if Labour had given us heaps of great public transport to take the pressure off roads in the last five years, I might also be more relaxed. But they didn't. The two big transport projects that are going on, for example, in Auckland, Auckland CRL, the train thing, and the Northern Busway, was started before Labour. Since Labour's come in, what have they given us? Tahuia, the slow, unpopular train from Hamilton. Good one. I wish that this government could be just a little bit more grown up about roads, because the fact is people want new roads because we don't yet have a good alternative and we do not want to be sitting in congestion all of our lives. So presumably you can read into that that there is political appetite amongst us for a future government to build new roads, which means that once Labour is out, this Labour government, by the way, we will presumably get back to building new roads and these six or nine years under Labour is six or nine years wasted time when we could have built up our infrastructure but didn't because roads are now political. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, the theme recently... Certainly, 
on these podcasts anyway. Um, I, I, I've been trying to play devil's advocate as much as possible when the News Talk ZB hosts have been railing against government policy and, you know, and wherever possible, I've been trying to see the, the merit to what the government's been up to. But unfortunately, the, the division between reality and, what and, and ideology has become so great that I feel I've fallen into the abyss, which is the gap in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Kate, do you know what I'm talking about? Is it because they believe they're right, irrespective of what we think? Is it because they're not focused on the right things or they're you know, spending too much time on social media and not enough time out in the real world? Is it because they don't have the answers, so they'd rather ignore the questions? Or is it just because they don't care? Stephen Joyce says ministers are clearly focused on growing the public service, doling out a big climate change slush fund, implementing co-governance of public assets, and pouring another massive dollop of borrowed cash into the hungry maw that is their giant new health bureaucracy, while the public, he says, on the other hand, are dealing with a runaway cost of living, shrinking household budgets, rising mortgage rates, diminishing asset values, a surge in aggressive criminal activity, long queues at the local hospital, and a declining education sector. It's tough to disagree with, isn't it? You know, he says the government and the public are talking past each other, we are heading towards a messy divorce. And I wonder if that's true. Joyce's point is that they're propped up by their fellow ideologues, of course. So they're in their bubble. You know, they've got their anti-car crowd, the co-governance crowd and the identity politics crowd. They're all egging them on. So that's where they're coming from. So where's it all headed? Divorce come September, October next year? Or do you reckon they can close the divide and win us back? At this stage... You know what? I'd put my money on a divorce. Now, of course, one News Talk ZB host who's quite keen on trains is Marcus Lush. Um, and he's been watching train news from uh, England because the Queen, resplendent in a, in a yellow outfit with a blue flower, so basically, you know, on the front lines fighting for Ukraine there, um, has, has opened a, a new train line that's named after her. She's updated her Oyster card, which is the transport card, and she has opened officially the new Elizabeth line. So this is a tremendous... And look, the the, um, the headline is saying it's a beaming queen, makes a surprise visit to Paddington Station, uh, and she certainly looks beaming. Days after cancelling the appearance, maybe she just thought, okay, people won't handle her with a stick, but the reception was so tremendous that um, it seems like she's got a new lease of life. And I'm, for one, are all in on this. Love the trains. Of course, for those that don't know the Elizabeth line, I don't know much about it, but it's a line that goes right through London underneath, but it's not part of the underground. It's got a same gauge, but it's just not connected. So it's a, it's a, inter-city kind of a situation but goes right underneath London. The monarch dressed in a Stuart Parvin double wool crepe coat in sunshine yellow. So that's the situation. I think it might be a coat and dress. Oh yes, I'm seeing that there now. Uh, very excited about the opening. I, I don't know that it's actually finished but I'm not entirely sure about that. This is the Elizabeth line. Look it up on a map. It's quite fascinating where it goes from. I think it's white. I think it's like quite deep. And the chalk. So there we go. You're up to date. To Paddington Station. 
She's updated her Oyster card, which is the transport card, and she has opened officially the new Elizabeth line. So this is a tremendous – and look, the the, um, the headline is saying it's a beaming queen, makes a surprise visit to Paddington Station, uh, and she certainly looks beaming. Days after cancelling the appearance, maybe she just thought, okay, people won't handle her with a stick, but the reception was so tremendous – that um, it seems like she's got a new lease of life. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out why she wouldn't appear at the things that she wouldn't appear at because yeah, they keep citing mobility issues. But I, like some of the things that she was supposed to be appearing at just involved her um, being at a window and waving. I don't think you need that much mobility for that. And I think she was just being a bit proud, wasn't she? Didn't want to see people to see her with a stick or a wheelchair. This is old people attitude, isn't it? That's what they do. They do. they just don't want to admit that they're old. I mean, Queen, you're really old. Admit it. Why do they call it the Oyster Card? I just. What is the connection between mollusks and uh, trains? Can you figure that out for me? Um. We're going to finish up here uh, with a bit of uh, Ram Raider get and talk because it's still happening. There's been a couple of good uh, examples internationally where things have had some success. Um, in the UK, um, there was um, a program run by a psychiatrist, Dr. John Marks, where um, drugs like cocaine, uh, opiates, and amphetamines were just given to people with um, addiction problems, and some interesting things happened. First of all, people thought it would be a terrible failure, but it won the support of the local police because um, the dealers moved out of the area, the addicts started cleaning up their act, they could focus on their families, they could focus on um, finding employment, addiction rates went down and there was no transmission of um, infectious diseases through you know, sharing dirty equipment and all that sort of thing. So, What was the guy's um, name again? Dr John Marks, he was a psychiatrist in the UK. Unfortunately, um, the Americans put international pressure on the Brits to close that, that um, program down, and that's what happened under the Thatcher regime. <clears throat> uh, but it didn't go unnoticed in other countries. Like I think Sweden had a referendum where they decided 60% to 40 to um, make heroin available to people who had addiction problems, and the, and the, and the Swedish HAT program heroin-assisted treatment was started up, and it's regarded as an international success. So there you go. There's Jed. Um, sounds pretty well-informed, doesn't he? Um, uh, personally, uh, I probably agree with a lot of what he's talking about. You've got to take the power away from the gangs, don't you? Uh, and as I've already talked about, with specifically with the ram raids... I would like to go one step further than just legalising drugs and that's just letting people go to the liquor stores and have the alcohol, um, thereby not doing $20,000 worth of damage at a time, just grabbing a couple of bottles of booze and being on their way. Don't you think that sounds a bit cheaper? Well, obviously, you can't just give away free booze, but, but maybe they could apply for a, some kind of... I haven't thought through all the... The, the specifics, but I'm Glenn ZB. I'm quickly ending the podcast uh, that has been used with ZB, and I'll quickly start it again tomorrow. See you then.